Well, we've been looking at these um, doctrines that we have been given to the church from the Reformation, um, known as the solas, which of course just means alone. Because if you remember, by the time the Reformation came along, the church was really struggling with the idea of salvation. There was a lot of there was a lot being taught that many uh, believed, come to believe, was extra, extra biblical, outside of what God had taught in his word about how man comes to be made right with God. And so these were not written out necessarily by the reformers, but when we look back to the Reformation, we see that these were the, these were the main teaching points that came out of it. And that is that how is a man justified by God? Well, we come to believe that um, by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, to the glory of God alone. And all of that is according or comes to us from the scripture alone. And so those are known as the five solas of the Reformation. And that's what we've been looking at. And so far, we've talked about Scripture because we believe that um, sort of what we talked through in Sunday school this morning, if you were here, you've got to believe the Bible is the Word of God or none of this really matters. I mean, if you just, if this is just a book or any book will do, um, then none of this is going to matter. So, and though that blessing of belief comes from God, you still got to believe that the Bible is the Word of God. Or else nothing I, we talk about from the Bible is going to matter to you. So we talk about that first. And it's interest, interesting that in our confession, that's the very first thing that's brought up. The sufficiency of Scripture. Because you've got to believe in the sufficiency of Scripture before anything else matters. And so, um, and plus, that's where we get all of our doctrine and practice of doctrine is from the Scripture. So we talked about sola scriptura, that there's no other place we get it our belief system than from the Bible. And we also talked about um, sola fide, which is faith alone. So it's faith plus nothing. Um, no works. It's not God doing a little bit, man doing a little bit. Um, that's known as synergism, the synergistic working together, man and God making salvation happen. Uh, we believe rather in monergism, that God alone Say salvation's of the Lord. Um, man doesn't help God get saved, or, or God help God save him. And so, not only is faith alone, but it's clear that um, is by grace alone. Also, so again, it's not faith plus works, and it's not grace plus works, but the grace of God alone. Now, the word grace has been used a lot, so I want to clarify if I can there's one very short definition and then one that's a little longer but I think they're important the very quick simplest definition of grace is unmerited favor in other words you don't earn it if you earn it it's not grace right so grace is unmerited favor and technically it's defined this way 
the merciful kindness by which God, exerting his holy influence upon souls, turns them to Christ. But then keeps, strengthens, and increases them in Christian faith. Knowledge, affection, and kindness. Uh, and kindles them to exercise the Christian virtues. Now that's a lot. If you don't, you didn't get all that, um, and you locked to write those things down, uh, I'll read it again, but you can always go back and, and listen later, maybe slow it down. But I thought this was a great definition. I obviously didn't memorize it myself. But it describes what I want to talk to you about. The merciful kindness by which God, grace, is the merciful kindness by which God, exerting his holy influence upon souls, people like us, he turns them to Christ by grace, he keeps them by grace, strengthens them by grace, increases them in Christian faith by grace, strengthens them in knowledge and affection, and even kindles them to exercise the Christian virtues. Again, we couldn't have done a much better uh, Sunday school lesson to prop up what I want to talk to you about today than what we did. In other words, it's not just that we are saved by grace, but everything that's given to us and everything that is a Christian virtue is by grace. That's why we refer to the suffering baptism as means of grace. This is the way that God strengthens our Christian faith. He gives us grace. So our abilities to believe or have faith and our abilities to practice what we believe are all products of grace. See, when I was coming along years ago, I used to be told, well, by grace you're saved, but then uh, it's up to you to work that out. And that's very frustrating because I found out at times I didn't have the desire to work out what needed to be worked out. And then sometimes I did. So I thought that was a fault in me, and it is a fault in me because I have a great fault in me, a sinful nature. But what I found out was that I not only need God's grace, to sustain, uh, to save me, but I need God's grace to sustain me. And by grace we are saved through faith. And by grace we are sustained through faith. And that not of ourselves. The apostle Paul, in fact, recognized this and stated it very clearly. First Corinthians fifteen to ten. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And His grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, listen to this. I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. That's what is important to understand. That's why you, even if you're doing well, man, you're having a great time, as we would say, a great, a great experience, some, some great times in the Lord, you're studying the scripture and you're walking by faith and you're loving people and maybe sharing the gospel in those times more than ever acknowledge what Paul acknowledged yeah I might be working harder than some around me but it's not me it's the grace of God within me because that could turn by the grace of God we are what we are of course on numerous occasions Paul discusses how his faith is a result of grace And how that any of us who have faith, along with Paul, is by grace too. 
For all have sinned. We just read this in our text. And fallen short of the glory. But we are all justified. Only way is sinners justified. By his grace. As a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Romans 11.5 says. So too at this present time. There is a remnant. Chosen by grace. Titus 2.11. For the grace of God has appeared. Bringing salvation for all people. Hebrews chapter 2. But we see him for who for a little while was made lower than the angels, namely Jesus, crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of death, so that by the grace of God, he might taste death for everyone. I don't think any of us would deny that salvation is by grace, but I just want to drive this home that everything that God did in Christ was by grace. That unmerited favor, that merciful kindness by which he exerts his holy influence upon us. And then turns us to Christ. And then by that, that same grace constantly turns us. And influences us. Strengthens us in our faith and our Christian virtue. And if it weren't for that grace. Um, we would all not be on the path that we're on. Obviously. And again I, I want to remind you. This teaching was totally in opposition to the teaching of the church at this time. At least the Roman church during the reformation the church and the pope were teaching people god gives some grace which man can take a hold of and use along with his own efforts and abilities to get to god and we'll talk about that a little more we've already sort of in, in a, a couple of wednesday nights ago we really talked about um somebody named pelagius and we talked about arminius and this belief that uh that really um influenced awakenings and even influenced American thoughts this idea that well when Jesus went to the cross he sort of leveled the ground again so the fall was bad but now we have a new start because of, uh, of the atonement one thing the atonement did was sort of wiped out the effects of the fall and now we have a new start and because of that uh, because of that grace now we have the ability within ourselves as men to sort of pick ourselves up by our boots bootstraps and then be saved. And of course I hope you don't believe that. But that's what the reformers had a lot of problem with. They said no that's not what grace is. So it's not like the Roman church. And it's not like, even like the Catholic church. They don't believe in grace. They do. But definition of terms is important. That's why I made sure to point out that definition. That God uh, impacts souls. God influences people. It is by God's grace we, when we say God's grace, we mean it's God uh, not needing any help from man to do what God does. He does it. And we know that's necessary because of the condition of man. Because what we do believe about the fall. We have to understand what it means to be depraved. That men are dead spiritually. And when they are dead spiritually, they're not able to do anything spiritually apart from grace. And again, we, it's dangerous ground to um, get into place to believe that grace is just a little help from God. It's very dangerous. And that's the idea of provenient grace, which came to us in a lot of different ways and forms, uh, especially through uh, the Wesleys, Methodism. No matter what we believe about Adam and his condition, the Bible is clear that since Adam, 
We all come into this world spiritually dead and incapable of doing anything to change that. Even in the Old Testament, the prophets understood this idea that sinners can't help themselves. Jeremiah 13, 23 asked this question, Can the Ethiopian change his skin or the leopard his spots? Then also you can do no good, you who are accustomed to doing evil. The psalmist reminds us, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. And later he says, The wicked are estranged from the womb. They go astray from birth, speaking lies. Even in Genesis 6, we read, The Lord saw the wickedness of man, and it was great in the earth, and that every intention and the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Jesus later in Matthew 15 would say, But what comes out? Of the mouth proceeds from the heart, and this defiles a person, for out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander. Jesus would later even say that every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. And he's saying pretty much there are no good trees apart from the grace of God. He's talking about false prophets, but we'd have to all agree, none of us came here bearing good fruit. We're not able to bear good fruit on our own. Which is why even when we do see our lives bearing good fruit, we turn around and give God praise for that fruit because we recognize that skin and His grace. Again, I read to you from Romans 3. We had backed up a little earlier. It says even more. We have already charged that all, both Jews and Greeks, are under sin. There are none righteous, no, not one. And even this, there's not one who even seeks for God. But they've all turned aside and all have become worthless. No one does good, not even one person. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. Those who live according to the Spirit set their th minds on the things of the Spirit. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. So we understand that grace is necessary not just to nudge us along, but grace is necessary to wake us from the dead and then to sustain us in that life. I mean, I'm so thankful to have discovered these doctrines that it's not up to me. That I don't have the ability apart from God I need the Spirit of God within me to continually sustain me. Jesus taught these things. In John chapter 6, he said, No one can come to, the can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. Then I will raise him up the last day, those who come. And he even says it again a few verses later. I said, this is why I told you that no one can come to me unless it's granted by the Father. Grace is necessary. That's why we can't even talk about predestination without talking about grace. In Ephesians chapter 1, listen to what it says. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace. Even that 
doctrine that's hard for us to wrap our mind around is based in the grace of God. So that we can trust that what God has ordained is according to grace. We don't want to become Pelagian and deny this doctrine of grace alone. It's not God cooperating along with man. Again, you'd have to... Let me tell you why that doesn't work. If you believe that's the grace of God that enables you to then do something, then you've got to answer this question, well, then why do some do it, some don't? And so that answer would have to go back to something in man rather than something in God. Because God's done all he can do, right? He's given you grace, but you got to do some stuff. So then we could all stand around the, the throne of heaven when we got there and say, hey, what did you do to get here? Well, I was able to make good decisions. I was able to do whatever. X, Y, Z. And then we'd have to answer the question, well, why then are people in hell? Well, they didn't make good decisions. They weren't as good at it as me. They weren't as virtuous as me. It just doesn't work. Eventually, we have to say that salvation is by grace alone or else it is by grace plus something that some people have and some people don't have. We don't want to fall into that false belief. That belief has, as I mentioned earlier, permeated America and American thoughts. And probably because as Americans, we have been taught, and it's correct, in a, in a free society, in a um, capitalistic society, hey, work hard and it probably will reap good benefits for you. And you can, so to speak, pick yourself up by your bootstraps and go to work, get a job, better yourself, become better, do things that a lot of people in the, in the world cannot do. But that doesn't work when it comes to theology. God is not a democratic God in the sense that through democracy people are safe. We all get a vote in it. God saves men and women and boys and girls based solely on his goodness and the mercy and his own free will. There's nothing in man that commends him to God. Nothing we can do apart from God's grace will give us faith. We can't muster it up. From deep inside us, everything about us is broken. We need grace. Desperately. I'll tell you what's even better news about this. Sometimes you, that sounds like, well, that just doesn't give me much hope. But I think it gives men the, and all give us the most hope that's possible. Because if God saves by grace, then everyone that's brought under the grace of God will be saved. So my hope is not that people will make better decisions than they made in the past. My hope is that by hearing the gospel, God himself will awaken people to believe and they will believe. And I can believe that to be true all over the planet. Even in these places we read about and talk about it week to week. These places where they don't have the things that we have. They're not able to look around and see material blessing necessarily. 
But the gospel is still the gospel there as it is here. And I've said this because ever since I read it, it has impacted me. I'll never forget it. The gospel can be preached anywhere on the planet, anytime. And if it can't be, you're not preaching the gospel. That's why self-help psychology doesn't work. That's why um, easy believism doesn't work. It's why uh, the, the get wealthy belief system, name and claim and stuff don't work. If you're this lady and we read about Nigeria and everything, everybody you love except one daughter has just been murdered in front of you and your house burnt down, then the only conclusion will be God doesn't love me. And obviously, I'm not, I don't have much faith because look what happened. But rather, through the gospel, this lady can say, uh, almost everything I love has been taken from me, but I have the word of God and I'm thankful for the faithfulness of God. That's so foreign to our concept of religion sometimes in this country because we've made a mess out of it. We've made people believe that where, where you are in life and what you have and what you don't have is a result of your ability to follow God or not follow Him. And again, it just doesn't make sense. If you look through the scriptures, that doesn't even add up. People who followed Jesus most closely and loved him probably more than we could understand at times how to love him. Most all of them were murdered and killed for that belief. They were ridiculed and pushed out. I don't think um, the Apostle Paul would understand this idea of um, prosperity gospel at all. In, in fact, I don't think Jesus does either. But grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. And next two lessons will be in Christ alone, to the glory of God alone. Because at the end of the day, that's what we want most. God to be glorified. And I see that the way he's most glorified is by his grace working out in me. Because I have been made in Christ Jesus under good works. And so have you. That we should walk in them. But it's by grace that we walk in them. So again, we fall down like Paul would fall down. We say, I can boast in nothing except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Because there's nothing good in me that will commend me to God. What a wonderful gift God's given us by his grace. Through his grace. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your grace and the loving kindness and mercy that you have shown to us. I'm so thankful that you didn't leave us to figure it out on our own. I'm so thankful that you didn't give us a measure of grace and then leave the rest of it up to us. I'm glad that as the Bible says, you save to the uttermost those who come to you in Christ Jesus. And we praise you for that. And we know that it's by your grace we're saved through faith, not of our works, lest we should boast about it. And so today we honor you and we glorify you because of that. But we do ask that you continue to give us the grace to live out the word of God. We don't want to just accept that we're sinful. Therefore, we're just going to live how we 
are because we're sinful and we can't do anything about it because you've done something about it. And so we trust and hope that you will continue to do something about it and that you will work out this grace in our lives and this gospel in our lives. And we can run full steam ahead knowing that we belong to you and there's nothing that can be done to take that away. And so we live to the fullest according to your grace and according to your word. And so help us to do that. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank <laughs> you.